Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You were talking about milestones. I don't know if you were talking about Fightful Select milestone, Sean, or if you were talking about YouTube subscribers, well, but you were talking about... 10,000 subs, 4 million views, 100,000 on the Raw show. Okay, but you were talking something about, about milestones, and so Chris at Chris4782357 on Twitter, he, oh, sent, wow. he sent me this question, what milestone would it take for Jimmy Van to sing Stephanie's entrance music? <laughs> I have an answer for you. My answer is 25,000 YouTube subscribers or 100 Fightful Select members. Hey, you know what? Those are reachable. Those are Those attainable. are reachable. I thought you were going to say something like Sean Rossat drains the Ohio River or something no, like that. No, 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 no. If, uh... if and when we get to 25,000 YouTube subscribers or 100 Fightful Select members, I will uh, do at least a verse of Stephanie McMahon's entrance music. On Christmas Day, Sean Rossat posted this on Twitter. Nigel, you got the screenshot of what Sean posted on Twitter? Yep. So somebody named Martin McGreskin, they purchased four memberships in order to get us over top so that we hit 100. Now, if I was going to be technical, we quite quickly after that dropped back down below 100. Yeah, at the end uh, of And, are, and we're below 100 now. But technically, we hit 100. And so that means that I will perform Stephanie McMahon's entrance music. I'm going to work on it with Nigel because i got to get the rhythm and lyrics down. I will uh, I will get it done. Uh, bear with me. I'm going to need a couple weeks in order to get it down, and then it'll get done. Style and grace. I'm never going to be done. Lean on in. Now welcome to the queendom. Queendom, where the kings bow down. Then relinquish the crown. Y'all going to hate me now. I'll just turn that around and make it. Love me, love me, love me. The queendom, where the kings bow down. Then relinquish the crown. Y'all gonna hate me now. I'll just turn that around and make it. Love me, love me, love me. Look at that girl hair. Hips, lips, hair. Walks with a flare like she just don't care. Nobody do her like she do her. Self-made soul pay doing that girl. She pops new stare. Chicks do too. Bounce so false. Never ever gonna lose. Her top down crew so smooth. Nothing better. Boom to the ladder. You got to respect her. Mama Tita off the meter. She a go get her. With the speed of a cheetah, Liver Jake is better. She hot, they sweater like a sweater in the sauna. Elegant persona, ready for drama. Zeroes and commas, all up in the bank book. Haters give a stank look. Even when these grace push, she push harder. And a woman or man does it like she can. And you can't put her down in her armor. The queendom, where the kings bow down. Then relinquish the crown. Y'all gonna hate me now. I'll just turn that around and make it. Love me, love me, love me. The queendom, where the kings bow down. Then relinquish the crown. Y'all gonna hate me now. I'll just turn that around and make it. Love me, love me, love me. Ow! It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. Ah! With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. And we're live. <laughs> this is a pro wrestling website, if you would believe it or not. But uh, yes, it what's, is. What's ah, up, you guys? It's a crossover combat sports website, <laughs> that's, Sean. That's, that's very true. That's and that was a reward for you guys getting us to 100 subscribers on Fightful Select. Uh, we don't have the benefit of like some of the, the room that a lot of Patreon people do. We run a free website, 
So we've had to think of a lot of neat, creative ways to get people to subscribe. I post news there early. We do a ton of podcasts every week. Uh, you and I do commentary over some of the old matches that you own the footage to. Uh, like, there's a lot of things that we do. And I don't think it's a coincidence, Jimmy. It's exploded since then. We we not only got to 100, we got to 150. Yeah, so true. I think you need to sing the other version of Stephanie McMahon's <laughs> theme song. You want that to be the 200 goal? Yeah, it should be. I, I'm putting out a mixtape this week. Actually, Melissa's already got a copyright claim on it. I the heard about that. Time. I heard about that today. Yeah. Very upset. So, so we got to talk about the 200 goal. Somebody had suggested that we do Mike and Maria's song together as a duet. That's not bad. I don't know what that theme is, but I'll I just remember it. like you know something dun, 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 like I got a little bit of the song in you know yeah. in my head, but I remember the words. Well, I will say this: you enunciated very well because I didn't know any of those lyrics before yeah. you <laughs> covered it. Oh, I had them memorized before, Sean. <laughs> no, I definitely That's, used. The, I found your notes around this medium. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely used the power of the internet to find those and. Uh, and sure enough, the lyrics that we found were like they had grammar errors in them and stuff. So <laughs> when I first was recording, reading the lyrics, I would stop mid sense and go, Nigel, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So then he'd find another set of lyrics online that had it corrected. Maybe right. that's a maybe that's something we can add to our resources section is verified <laughs> lyrics because I mean people do look that stuff up. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Probably, probably should I should probably get to that, but um, we do have the Fightful mixtape coming out this week uh, on Fightful Select including Vince Russo singing Sexy Boy, <laughs> somebody's rendition of R-Truth's theme with stuff they chopped up from me. We've got like our, our Matt Riddle bro spot intros and, and the, the frankly speaking and the main event stuff that are in there as well, uh, in addition to the Trevor Strong Fightful song. So, Yeah, we have a lot of good stuff. So we'll have to narrow down the 200 goal because we're getting close now to 200. So we're going to yeah. have to, uh, we're going to have to narrow that down. Well, uh, but before we get into news, before yeah. we get into news, I think it's, uh, we can go ahead and play another piece of media, I think. You want to do that right now? Yeah. I'm excited about this. You all may have seen me put this guy over on Twitter a lot. I am happy to announce that a part of Listen Your Boy here and there, Mark E. Extreme. This is the greatest YouTube wrestling channel there is Hosted by me, Mark Extreme 15 plus year undefeated backyard wrestling entertainment champion Did it really get it? Here you can find some of the most groundbreaking and newsworthy shoot interviews in all of pro wrestling with some of their biggest stars. You probably ask yourself, hey Mark, how do you get these chats? Well, it's because I'm just one of the boys. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Okay, we can. All right. Yeah, let me get in there. Oh, damn. That's a, that's a, that's too sweet. Jake the Snake Roberts, what's the difference between the DDT and DDP? Two letters. You're not going to suck anything out of my body, you freak. We got uh, Bobby Bangarang uh, coming in now. Your questions suck and are inaccurate. Mark! <laughs> Eli Drake, shoot hard on the rock. I'm going to shoot really hard on the rock. It's just a stone style. <laughs> what do you want me to call it? You go by a lot of names. Whatever you call me, just please stop slobbering. The Hardy Boys, Ethan Carter III, Christy Hemme, Young Bucks Abyss are just to name a few. I'm even willing to invade other wrestling promotions to get the big interviews. And you can have your DX invasion, you can even have your Bullet Club invasion, but there ain't nothing like a, a Mark E invasion. We're here at the Impact Wrestling offices. Continuing the invasion. And I'm here at the weirdest place on earth, Freak Show Wrestling. Tried and true pro wrestling. We are invading and there's nothing you can do to stop us. On your mark, uh, in every segment of the show. I will swing this at you. Did you guys take the last jury cup? Get the hell out of here! 
Yeah, we've been affiliated with Matt Riddle, signed to WWE. Deanna Perrazzo wrote for us, WWE. Shane Helms, back in WWE. I have no doubts that Mark E. Extreme will just surpass all of them. Undefeated for 15 years. Wow, just like Andre the Giant. Man, fuck Goldberg. I said it. I said it. There you go. So what's he going to be doing? I'm, I remember a while back, I saw this guy. I think he showed me a clip, and I actually said to Sean, like, let's, let's grab this guy to do yeah. stuff. But what's he going to be doing? Uh, we're going to work on some, some partnership type of stuff. We'll, we'll air some condensed versions of his videos on uh, listing your boy. I was like, you know what? I think this guy will fit right in. Uh, check out his channel. He is on Twitter at he is pretty funny. OYM Show. He's goddamn hilarious. Yeah, he is pretty funny. And by that, I mean, I say that he's hilarious because I'm frightened of him. I don't want him to beat my ass. Uh Aha. I see. Well, he is undefeated. 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. Let's go ahead and talk about some wrestling. Well, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. What is this I heard about? You you did some kind of a WrestleMania booking podcast, and people were shitting all over your card without actually listening to the podcast? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's what happens. That's kind of what we were were doing like we were trying to generate conversation and attention towards it so i was like you know what we can kind of generate that by putting the card out there and the main one was people were like ember moves out for eight butts and i'm like that wasn't on our site jeremy lambert or andrew thompson would have seen that they would have put that up there i would have updated the injury report a lot of people said oh oscar in a battle royal and i'm like yeah man her beating 20 people uh, in defending her title, that sounds like a terrible idea. Listen to the goddamn show, guys. Yeah, it's fair, fair. It's great. All right, let's start by talking about The Undertaker because uh, internet wrestling fans had a meltdown over this last week. I did not think it was a big deal. I still don't think it's a big deal. Even Mr. Sean Ross Sapp posted on Twitter that he never thought he'd see such a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to talk about this. So last week it was announced that Taker is going to do StarCast. It's going to be a uh, kind of a separate one-off thing from the regular convention. And obviously we know why. It's because he's fucking expensive. <laughs> so the only way that Conrad Thompson is going to make any money is if he sells tickets. Uh, I don't understand how this is a big deal. I, I, I guess I do realize that there is a misconception. People think that StarCast is owned by AEW or affiliated with AEW. And so you're seeing all these hot takes about The Undertaker is going to AEW. It's so silly and stupid what StarCast is, is it's kind of like a WrestleCon for podcasters. That's what it is. It is not affiliated with AEW. Granted, it's taking place the same weekend as Double or Nothing, and the first StarCast took place the weekend of All In, but it is not affiliated. It's owned by, uh, by Conrad Thompson. Taker is 54 years old. Uh, his active wrestling career is done. He recognizes that he can make a pretty damn good living utilizing the brand that he has created for 25 years by doing meet and greets and speaking engagements and autograph signings and if someone's going to pay him 25 grand an hour or 60 grand a day is he going to turn it down sean i no, i think you're downplaying starcast though i mean it was a wild success it's a little more than podcasters you got sting and bret hart and Rick sure Blair. no no i'm not I'm, but you got to understand the reason i said it's the wrestlecon of podcasters is because when it comes to, comes to conventions wrestlecon is by far the biggest when it comes to conventions, right? Well, it was, yeah. It might might not be after Well, that. maybe it won't be now. I mean, they, WrestleMania weekend is when they do their biggest one, but yes. whatever. So this is along those same lines, but it is not affiliated to AEW. And Conrad Thompson himself even acknowledged, I wanted to do something to make this bigger. I asked Bruce Pritchard for his number. I texted him. He immediately passed me off to his booking agent. Like, Taker had nothing to do with even negotiating it. And so people are melting down. Now, let me tell you this. If he shows up at Double or Nothing, that's a whole other ball game, right? Of course. And and it won't surprise me at all if uh, if a if AEW if they're smart they'll do this and I think they'll do this. They'll probably put together a little video package during the pay per view, kind of putting over Starcast so they can get Taker on screen. Like I can see them doing that unless uh, Taker like is adamant that he won't let that happen. But otherwise, it's really not that big of a deal. I will say though that um, according to Dave Meltzer, Vincent Man is really upset about it. He's apparently really unhappy about it. And so I don't know what to say about that, man. I mean, again, the guy's 54 years old. His active career is done. He wants to make a living. He can make that kind of money doing bookings. This is also not the first one he's booked. He already booked three days with Inside the Ropes. They're doing a UK tour starting in, I think, April. So Yeah, but well, let's be fair. Inside the Ropes isn't conju- in conjunction. I mean, people say not affiliated, not affiliated. If 
Double or Nothing is not happening that weekend there. This StarCast is not happening, period. Sure, of course. So it's affiliated to that degree. And the Inside the Ropes thing is not immediately followed by a major wrestling event that's going to have over however many thousand people they're going to have. I was surprised when Shane got booked for it, when Shane Helms got booked for it, considering he's in WWE. That surprised me. So to say that The Undertaker being booked, yeah, that was a big surprise to me. Yeah. Because never done stuff like this on that scale before. All due respect to the inside the ropes thing, that is nowhere near the same scale as what this will be. No, uh, but to him it is because he's getting paid the money. Sure, the money, right. yeah. But I'm talking about from a viewer perspective, from a fan perspective, from a media perspective. All this is just uncharted territory for The Undertaker. I mean, for the love of God, he's doing interviews with preachers and shit and yeah. we're like wow this is uncharacteristic very true it's uncharacteristic yeah if wdb ran a bruce pritchard style undertaker podcast on the network i'm tuning into that thing every single week the man is fascinating and oh he's got a lot to say there's no question and lot, i, I guess we're gonna a lot of knowledge i guess we're gonna have to find out in the future if he's up for doing something like that he's not the biggest talker yeah. So is he going to be up for doing a weekly podcast? I don't know. But again, to me, to me, he looked at it as a paid booking. We'll which is find why. out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Above Russo versus Cornette money. Yeah. Yeah. The term in WCW used to be Sting money. Now for the, a, for a weekly. Yeah. yeah. Now I mean. The, Used to be Sting money. Now it's Britt Baker money. We got to get above Russo Cornette debate money. I think that Taker. Taker's not a stupid person, and I think he knows he cannot command this kind of money forever, because you never can, right? So he's gonna he's gonna take it while he can get it, and then maybe a year or two down the road, his price is gonna come down, and who knows? Depending on the situation, maybe he'll take less bookings when that happens. But if you can get, if someone's gonna pay you twenty five grand an hour, he's gonna do it. And I don't think he gave a shit if it was Starcast or Inside the Ropes or what it was. He's gonna get paid, and he's gonna do it. And that's that's all I, I I I could say. I guess I can understand this in Vince's perspective because he's you know they've had a 25 year relationship and Vince probably thinks he owns the guy and all that stuff. But Taker in his mind, I don't think he thinks, oh, I'm going to a competitive promotion. Not at all. I'm yeah, getting paid 25 grand to do a to do a, a speaking engagement. I've seen some so, people that are like, Undertaker owes Vince McMahon this. He owes Vince McMahon that. I'm like, he doesn't owe Vince McMahon shit. He no. provided Vince McMahon a service. Sure. Decades. The same with anybody who works for anybody. Yep. It's an exchange of services. They don't. Undertaker doesn't owe me or you anything. He owes his employer something while he's employed there, and to render those services and and that's him doing that service. And hey, I mean, if he can make that money, good for him. Sure. Yeah. Personally, and, and let's be honest. For the last what seven eight years, he primarily did one match a year which was WrestleMania. And yeah, he did a few one-offs here and there. He did the Saudi shows because they were a big payday. And remember, he did a little SmackDown thing. He did a couple matches where he got put through the table and stuff. But for the most part, he did one match a year for the last several years because yeah. he because he was, for all intents and purposes, retired. And so yeah. good on him. that And you know he was protective of his character for a long time. He didn't even want to be shown at the Hall of Fame because he was so protective of his character and protective of kayfabe. And you're right, the thing he did with the pastor, I think, kind of opened up the doors. And now he wants to make bank. Why not? I say good on him. You know? Should I become a pastor to get this interview with The Undertaker? I'll do it. I'll do I don't it. know. And he was, and he was, Taker was really good with that, too, because that guy, that guy didn't come off as the greatest interviewer to interview a guy like The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. But Taker was cool. He answered everything that he was asked. And, uh, his his mentality about kayfabe is clearly he's 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 caught up with the times. Yes, you know what yes. I mean. So how, how, I want to say this: How about our abducted in plain sight review doing four thousand views, more than a lot of our our podcasts do? Because everyone's trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Yeah, like, the, go on, you if, if you haven't seen it, all I'm going to say is father gave the dude a hand job. No, so, the dude. Go check that gave, out. Yeah. Gave his daughter's abductor a hand job. Yeah, so go check that out. Check it That's out. That's really all you uh, got to no, say. Speaking of Undertaker and WrestleMania, plug for that uh, Fightful Books at podcast. I think the perfect thing for him to do is interrupt Elias unannounced, choke slam, tombstone pin, get him out of there. Do a uh, little, little appearance there. That'll chop out a good hour of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would. Uh, so let's talk about Degeneration X. 
that's... because this what you just said about I'm surprised they're letting Shane Helms do Starcast, which again I'm not. I'm not because uh, and I, I posted on Twitter about how you know Goldust does these things. Uh, Tyson yes. Kidd, Charlie Caruso, a lot of W personnel do these things. So I'm not surprised at all that Shane Helms is doing it. But I am surprised that Billy Gunn is going to be going into the WWE Hall of Fame, given that he is he's the first announced producer for AEW. That interests me a little bit. I saw Rusev was joking around about, gee, what T-shirt is Billy Gunn going to wear at the WWE Hall of yeah. Fame this year? So uh, that's an interesting one. Do you think that? Uh, obviously, Hunter's got a lot of influence over this stuff. Do you think that Vince is just going to kind of whatever, do whatever you want? Or do you think that Vince might, you know, as, as they get closer, and especially because that's, that's going to be like two months away when, when Double or Nothing's right around the corner. Do you think Vince might become a bit of a dick and I don't want him there or he can't speak or he's got to stand in the back or what do you think? I think that would be a catastrophe for himself if he did that. I think yes. that would just give AEW more momentum. I think that would be a bad idea. Will he do it? I don't know. I mean, my God, he changed the main event of his pay-per-view two hours before it went on air. And then the next day, he was like, oh, let's call up all these people. NXT, SmackDown, didn't have any damn clue what was going on. Yeah. So I know a lot of people bust balls about the plans change thing. Plans do change, and they change a lot. So. Yep. It, yep. it, it's impossible for me. That's to actually that's on my list, so we'll we'll talk about that uh, in a bit. But going back to the Hall of Fame thing, let me ask you this question: You're a sports fan, right? So because I'm a hockey guy, I'm I'm going to put it in terms of hockey, right? So when Wayne Gretzky went into the Hockey Hall of Fame, did Wayne Gretzky go into the Hockey Hall of Fame along with, say, the 1987 Edmonton Oilers? Did Wayne Gretzky go into the Hall of Fame again along with, say, I don't know, the 1990 Los Angeles Kings? Or something? Did he, Sean? No. No. So, at what point did the WWE Hall of Fame become a sideshow? Because that's what it is now. At what point did it become a sideshow where they were not only inducting performers, but now they're inducting acts as well? Which I, I posted on Twitter the other day about the Hall of Fame. Next thing you know, they're gonna they're, there's gonna be you know who's gonna be the first Triple Crown Hall of Fame inductee. Because they're inducting guys multiple times. It's so stupid. I don't yeah. understand it. And so now you have Jimmy Hart is going to go in again uh, as part of the original Hart Foundation, even though he went in the first time kind of on the back of the original Hart Foundation. Uh, Triple H is going to go in for the first time with Degeneration X. He'll also go in by himself. He'll also go in with Evolution. It's so dumb. Maybe Shawn Michaels is going to go in again with the Rockers. There were Bill a lot Rude? of people upset that Rick Rude wasn't going in. And I'm like, I think you all forget that lasted three months. Like, Tori was in DX longer. And they they were only DX for a month of that. That's actually a fair point. I forgot all about Tori. So yeah, right Kane, too, right? Wasn't Kane part of DX? Technically. Technically. Swaggle was in DX at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike yeah. Tyson was in DX. Mike Tyson is a more iconic member of DX than Rick Rude, dare I say. I'm okay with it for a few reasons. One, if it, if if, if it happens this way. If the number of acts is reduced, quite frankly, if they straight up said, hey, we're just inducting DX, the Warrior inductee, and the Legacies, I would like be like, all right, cool. Or maybe Bischoff, because it, wait, it's not in Atlanta, it's in New York. So not Bischoff, maybe the next time it's in Atlanta. Uh, Cindy Lauper, maybe. So Because you have Shawn Michaels, Triple H, somebody representing China, X-Pac, Road Dog, Billy Gunn. I do want to hear all those people talk. Right, and they're all going to talk. Yeah. For sure. So That's going to be, be okay. one hour. Yeah, I'd be okay if it was just them, Cindy Lauper, Warrior inductee, Legacy inductees. I would be fine with that. Because I agree. now, I don't know if you heard me mention this, reported exclusively on FightfulSelect.com. Hall of Fame, as of right now, is mandatory for talent. Vince McMahon was not happy when he saw the crowd cut to in the Goldberg speech and everybody was gone. Yeah. And the talent I've talked to aren't happy about that. Not because they, they show some disrespect towards these talent, but because they have an early morning the next day. Yep. they got to get up super early for WrestleMania. You better believe they're not going to go to bed until, like, what, 2, 3 a.m. if they're lucky the next yep. night. Oh, by the way, then they got to hit the road Monday. Or not hit the road, but they got Monday for WrestleMania, Tuesday for SmackDown. Yeah, Monday for Raw. Yeah, Monday for Raw, Tuesday for SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? I felt I felt bad for Goldberg when they showed that shot. And there was yeah. nobody there. But again, like you said, this was not disrespect. It's because, yeah, they're there till what? How long were they there? 1230 yeah. Eastern time? And they got there at like 7? 
Or they got there earlier. They went on the air at 7, I think. They got there probably at like 6. It's ridiculous, man. I agree with you. They need to cut down on the axe for sure. We have a lot of people asking, like, what's the schedule going to be next year? I don't think they know. I don't think they know yet. SmackDown's moving to Friday. And now Fox is saying, for now, SmackDown's moving to Friday. Yep. I, I don't know. I don't know what our schedule will be then, much less WWE's. Uh, I do know that Reality of Wrestling and Ladies Night Out schedule this week has Ivelisse on it in a match that I am very excited about. Ivelisse taking on Jazz. This is an awesome match. Uh, they have a lot of great stuff on this show, and I had the chance to speak to Ivelisse recently. Take a listen. To put a bow on the Lucha Underground thing so we can move on, uh, confirm you have not been <laughs> released as of yet? Um, I'm not too sure if I can com- comment on that, but obviously since it hasn't been announced that I am <laughs> released by either party, I can do, one can assume that I'm still sure. dealing with that. <laughs> so I was told, and I don't know exactly how it worked out on your end or if maybe it was just hearsay, I heard that there was a tentative plan for you to come into Impact, but maybe some things were changed at the last minute. Is there any truth to that? Um... <clears throat> With that, I was supposed to uh, come back um, last year at some point, but I I have no explanation as to what happened. Like literally the night before, uh, there was a change of course with that. So I don't know. Uh, not too much into detail. The only detail I would say would be I was supposed to, you know, come back, have this program, and it just the night before that's really all i can say so what, but, were, um, what were you slated to do were you a really part of a frustrating. program that was a really frustrating situation or i mean moment for me because again like as you can see the only other place that we could go uh was impact and at where everyone was going and all that so you know that one last thing to be able to <clears throat> try to survive under you know, Lucha Underground was kind of right then and there taken away from me at that moment. So I, that's when I was really, okay, <laughs> let's, uh, let's figure this situation out. Has there been any subsequent contact with Impact Wrestling since then? Um, no. <clears throat> That will be streaming live on TitleMatchNetwork.com or TitleMatchWrestlingNetwork.com, rather. Uh, check it out. They supply us with a lot of great interviews. Uh, Ivelisse, Angelina Love this time around. Love talking to Ivelisse. That was an interesting one, Jimmy, because that was hours before the class action lawsuit was filed. And she didn't exactly shy away. Told me that she's considering an MMA run again and... Mm. That, that would that would be very interesting, but Ivelisse versus Jazz, that's one I'm excited to see, and uh, I would not be surprised if by the end of this year you see Ivelisse signed to a bigger promotion than Lucha Underground. I agree. Yep, I agree. Uh, we're jumping all over the map here when it comes to what I have on uh, the list of Jimmy Van this week. Yeah. I want to stick with the Vista Man theme that you just kind of talked about, so I've talked about it on this podcast about how I think AEW has taken missteps as far as active talent in executive positions and big contracts and all that kind of stuff. All that being said, though, what a great time it is if you are AEW right now because uh, not only is WWE in a situation where a lot of their talent is dissatisfied creatively uh, and a lot of guys have asked for the release. Todd Dillinger is the latest one that asked for his release, and I'm assuming he got it because he posted a big thank you message on Twitter. But I don't know not if he's o- got it yet. I'll find out today, though. Okay, so not only do we have that, but this man looks to be pretty disheveled, man. Yeah. He looks to be pretty disheveled. So you already talked about it, uh, and we keep on hearing about how you know there's chaos backstage, and like you said, things are changing on the fly. So you mentioned, I think you broke the story on the weekend, that Elimination Chamber, they changed up the match order last minute, and so the girls thought they were going on last, and suddenly they're going on first, and... Can you imagine how they were probably running around because, like, they have to get their hair and makeup done because even though they're wrestling, they make them look good, you know? Yeah, the thing I was told was 12 girls for four makeup chairs. Exactly. That's not easy to do. Oh, by exactly. the way, there were rehearsals going up and going on until uh, 5 p.m. when doors opened. And the night before, they had rehearsed so long that the building kicked them out. The building <laughs> right. was like, you got to wrap it up, guys. Right, right. Now, I don't know if that's just the girls or the whole show, but... I know yep. there were heavy rehearsals for this show. And to be fair, 
it showed. It paid off. They, it, I thought it was a very good show. We've also heard, and you've talked about this before, about how now it's not unusual for the raw script to come in really late, the final raw script. Uh, and there have been there have been weeks where the final raw script doesn't come in until the show's already started, which is very much like WCW days. That stuff's kind of happening. Then decisions are being made. What do you know about the whole uh, NXT call-up thing this week where Ricochet and Gargano and Champa and Aleister Black came up and apparently a lot of guys backstage had no freaking clue because this was a last-minute whim by this man that he wanted four guys and Hunter, I guess, you know, they decided on those four guys. What did you hear about that? Because apparently a lot of guys didn't even know that they were going to be there. SmackDown people didn't know. NXT people didn't know. And I, I don't, I haven't talked to anybody within NXT up today, but I, I think they filmed today. So they, that's going to cause some, some issues. SmackDown, that crew didn't know Monday night. I had people on the SmackDown live event that messaged me and said, what's going on? Then last night I had people in NXT as that, that spot with Ciampa happened saying, is he okay? What's going on? A lot of miscommunication, a lot of, and the thing is, why weren't these the call-ups in the first place? Mm-hmm. All due respect, like, heavy machinery ain't ready. Mm-hmm. Will they ever be? I don't know. Lacey they got the bushwhacker down, uh, walk down pretty good. EC3's ready. As I look at this, I'm like, are they setting up for something? Like, what are they doing? I don't think like, they, they know. They have enough talent for a third major brand. But it's like Alex and I talked about. It would have to be NXT and not what ECW became. And I think it was Meltzer that reported that Vince on Monday wanted to do Finn Balor versus Ricochet one-on-one. because And this is another problem with Vince. All he cares about is in the, he, he thinks about the now. He doesn't think about the future. So he was thinking, well, I want to put on a good match. And apparently Hunter had to tell Vince, you cannot beat Ricochet his first night on the main roster. You can't do it. He's one of our top guys in NXT. And then they made it the tag team match after that. Uh, I'm not sure... I haven't heard, I had not heard anything like that. I'm not saying it's not true, but right. considering right. the trajectory of those call-ups, I would be surprised if they had planned on beating any of them the first two nights. I mean, I'd hope not. You know, I'd hope not. I did have an issue with them putting Aleister Black over upper card guys with no backstory. I had an issue with that. Elias, we've talked before about how they have just killed guys' momentum for no reason. Elias is one of them. Uh, it's cool if Elias loses to Alistair Black, or yeah, Alistair Black, if uh, they do a story, if it's a program, if it means something. But for it to be a one-off where Elias is in the ring, the guy's music hits, he goes out there and beats him, I just didn't see the point. They could have very easily used a, a lower card guy to get the same thing done. Ricochet, I thought they did a better job on SmackDown. They put him over Eric Young. Alistair Black, though, they did it again. They put him over Andrade Cien Almas. I don't, under- I don't really understand. To me, that's really poor asset management. Did but, you see the stat I hit people with with the Eric Young thing? How he hasn't last, been on TV in a while? His last one-on-one loss on main roster TV, November 2003 against Sean O'Hare. Other than that, he had won like three, two or three singles matches. Uh, pretty wild. But he hadn't been on TV since November. Right. I, I'm looking at those guys. I, on Fightful Select, another feature that I do, it's called uh, The Leftovers, where I take everybody who was able to be booked on the show but wasn't, and I basically book a card out of that. It was a star-studded one for Elimination Chamber, the one I'm going to drop. Like, Dean Ambrose, Kurt Angle, like, all these people were good to go. And they've just got so much talent. And now, and I, I had talked to people about the Ty Dillinger thing. I don't have a lot of information on it. But he's got a lot of support backstage. He's well-liked. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who was never supposed to be called up. He almost forced WWE's hand. And it changed he and Samoa Joe and Asuka really changed the mentality because now you do not really have a lot of people in that NXT roster who are never supposed to be called up. Cassie Sono, I, I believe, is one of them right now, but Asuka was never supposed to be called up. Uh, Dillinger never was, but they got so over that they were. And then it's like, what's the point of them being so over but not doing anything? And he did this on his 38th birthday, did it the day that yeah. Peyton Royce went public with their relationship. Um, I was told by people that they were not surprised, but he went about it in a very respectful way. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I say this a lot, but most of the people backstage get along. Like yeah. it's not like some. From what I get, I don't have a lot of people hitting hitting up my DMs and text messages talking trash about other wrestlers. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, he'll catch on somewhere. I mean, everybody's looking for yeah. talent. He'll catch on somewhere. I don't think he's going to be a top guy, uh, especially at his age, but he'll catch on somewhere. One more thing about Miss McMahon. Uh, here we are towards the end of February, Sean, and nobody with the exception of Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch have anything planned out on TV so far for WrestleMania. End of February, Sean. Nobody else has anything planned out. Have you ever remembered a time where the end of February, nothing is planned out for anybody except for uh, the WWE title match or Universal title match in this case and uh, and the, what the main event is going to be with Ronda Rousey? I mean, they've talked about Shane Miz is probably going to happen. Uh, otherwise, is Cena on the card? Who's he wrestling? Is Taker going to have another one-off match? They still going to try to get Batista there? Daniel Bryan, who's he going to wrestle for the title? Everything is in the air with about a month and a half to go. It's crazy. I know I sound, I know I sound like I'm plugging that podcast a lot, but we, we intentionally went into it. No preparation. Let's book it on the fly. And I'm looking and I'm like, what are, what is the direction of so many of these people? No direction. Drew McIntyre was hot. Main event ready a few months ago. Braun Strowman is, was main event ready. I think they've cooled him off significantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seth Rollins, they've made him a chase your dreams guy. And I'm like, Bro, you've won. You've main evented and won a WrestleMania. I, I get it, but it's out. It's almost <laughs> you know you'd always hear Vince doesn't care about whatever's going on besides what Austin was doing. You would hear that about back then. It seems like that, but with Becky and Ronda and Charlotte right now, which is such a far cry. And Brock, oh, yeah, and and a little bit welcome in that regard. But I mean, how much does he really care about what Brock's doing? right now i mean i know brock always wants to know ahead of time what he's going to do so at least vince has to have that plan but otherwise it's and and again you know i feel like a broken record on this and and other people have said the same thing but it's a fact vince is just too old he's too out of touch he's not plugged in anymore he's distracted by the xfl we're going to get into that in a minute He's he's distracted by the xfl and even though i think missteps have been taken with aew the fact of the matter is these are young guys these guys are plugged in they know what the fans want they have a plan, it would seem, and this, it's a good time to be AEW because the, the the guy running the show for WWE looks on from the outside to be incredibly disheveled right now. Yeah, I'm inclined so. to agree, man. Or agree, and when I see it's it's so frustrating at the same time when I see them do something so good as the Becky Lynch storyline long term, and then I see what they do with Kofi Kingston short term and how good they can be. Yes. That frustrates me even more, Jimmy, because they have a lot of really great creative minds at their disposal. I, I don't know what's going on. This is just all speculation. I mean, they got people moving back and forth to Florida. They're hiring an entire new set of agents. I'm inclined to believe something big is on the way, and I don't know what that would be, but that's just my hunch. I don't want some idiot-ass aggregator to run with that as a story or anything. WWE moving headquarters to Orlando. Yeah. Someone's going to run with that. They're hiring. When's the last time you heard of them hiring like four or five agents like that? Very quickly, yep. Yep. I still want to know if the other guys are still there. Like, is Devon still there? Yeah. So the guys they hired before are still there, but now they've got Joe Park and they've got Shane Helms and they've got Jeff Jarrett and they've got Sean Devari, but they still have the guys from the past. Yeah, and I've heard there is a little bit of credibility to the uh, Michael Cole story, but to what degree? I don't know. Well, going back to Becky Lynch for a second, and fuck, I hate being a broken record on on points, but when they do it over and over again, Sean, so do you remember when Becky Lynch, they were in Brooklyn, uh, and they turned Becky Lynch heel, and you and I were laughing about it because we couldn't believe that WWE was so out of tune with their audience that they didn't recognize, we're in Brooklyn, if you turn her heel, the crowd's going to shut all over Charlotte, and they're going to root for Becky because that's the audience, right? And sure enough, WWE didn't have any fucking idea. And so they were they were stunned when Becky got the babyface uh, reaction, and then they pivoted and they went with Becky, right? Yes. So this week they were in Lafayette, Louisiana, Sean, for Raw. Okay, I have here in front of me the schedule for WWE over the next few weeks for Raw. So next week, February twenty fifth, they're in Atlanta, decent wrestling town. The week after that, they're in Philadelphia, Sean. The on March fourth, March eleventh, they're in Pittsburgh. March eighteenth, they're in Chicago. All right. So some of the biggest hardcore wrestling savvy audiences that they have in the U.S. are coming up within the next two weeks and they chose instead to debut Gargano and Champa and Black and Ricochet in Lafayette, Louisiana, Sean. 
Yeah, New Orleans did pretty bad attendance, too. Isn't that unbelievable? And I realized that it was a last-minute thing, and it was probably a desperation ploy on business part. We got to get fresh blood, and a lot of guys didn't know, so it was probably a whim. He probably decided on Saturday, let's bring these guys in. If they had have looked at their schedule, they might have had an idea. This might not be the town to bring these guys in. Because if you brought those guys in in Philly, Sean, the audience watching at home that doesn't know who Ricochet is, now they think he's a star if you do it in Philly, right? They did in Lafayette, Louisiana, where it was basically farts all over the arena <laughs> because they didn't know. That would What's have that? been a, a major improvement, the sound of farts. The sound of farts would have been an improvement. Yeah. yeah and was, I, I felt for Sasha and Bailey. Sasha and Bailey are in the ring. First ever women's tag team <laughs> champions. And you can literally no. see, you can see one guy going, hey. <laughs> like, it was awful. It was awful. And I really felt badly for those guys. Ricochet busted his ass to get no reaction. So, yep. very frustrating. Uh, you already mentioned the Kobe Kingston thing, so we don't have to talk about that. But it's, it's true. They, they had their backs against the wall because Mustafa Ali went down the day of that gauntlet match. Remember? So they had their backs against the wall. They had to pivot. They had to do something. They put Kofi in. And look at him now, Sean. Probably the best week of his career. Yeah, I, I would argue so. And did you see him uh, doing the callback to Orton? On the, that was that was clever. How he screamed "stupid." I mean, whether or not they get along, which I, I, from what I'm told they do, you do that callback. Why not? I mean, it got. Do you think Kofi told them in advance? Probably, or it probably did it then. And knowing Randy, he probably thought it was hilarious. Yeah, he probably did. He probably uh, did. But. Yeah. Good for Kofi, man. They they yeah. did the right thing. They did the right thing. He should be. Uh, he should be. I think they should open WrestleMania. To be honest with you, but um, Fastlane. I'm I'm very excited for that. Do I think Kofi will win? No. Could I think of worse things than Kofi Kingston winning at Fastlane and defending against Brian? I can think of a lot of worse things. Yeah, but I, I don't have a di- idea of the direction. They're not going to do that. But and honestly, if he's going to be the WWE champion, get rid of the pancakes. Get rid of the pink and yellow gear. But. Uh... Good for him, though. He he worked for it. He busted his ass in those matches in the last week. So. Yes, he All did. Right, let, let's go to Stupid People. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right. Uh, I have the new Trevor Strong song coming. We'll put the new video in pretty soon. We're working on how, that one. How far out are we? Uh, I don't know. I'm stuck to Nigel. He was busy with another video this week, Sean. <laughs> so I'll get on him about it. Once again, go to Fightful Select after this. we got three more good ones. Once again, what do I tell you every single week, Sean? Finding six stupid people's stories is the easiest task I do all week. <laughs> because there are at least a dozen on a weekly basis. This first one, you know how every now and then all I've got to do is put up the headline? <laughs> every now and then? And I don't have to say shit? This is yeah. one of those. This was reported by KPRC out of Houston, Texas on February 16th. Just put up the headline. Melissa. Yeah, no need to talk. We're good. Father spinning gun on finger accidentally shoots self at daughter's birthday party. <laughs> Clearly a part of his Harlem Globetrotters gimmick. That's probably where he was going with that. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. Do I need to say anything else, Sean? I really don't on that one. Fortunately, my God. fortunately he didn't die. He was treated at a local hospital for a gunshot wound to his stomach. And he didn't die. So... This next one was posted on the Twitter account of DJ Judd from CNN on February... Fuck, these are good, Sean. These are good. This was on February 18th. Uh, I don't know if you're a big political guy. Do you know who Kirsten Gillibrand is? Heard the name. Kirsten Gillibrand is a U.S. senator uh, out of New York. And uh, this past week, she was doing a tour through Iowa promoting uh, the Democratic Party. And she did a stop at a bar called the Airliner Bar. Because obviously, I guess she was looking for a certain demographic... So she did a little speaking engagement at a bar. Uh, in the middle of her little speech, when she's doing a Q&A with people and talking to people, a woman pr- approaches her. And because it's a bar, it's kind of a tight setting and stuff. When the woman approaches her, Miss Kirsten Gillibrand pauses mid-sentence. You know? Yeah. What do you think the woman that approached her, what do you think she said to get her to pause mid-sentence? You left your oven on. Play the clip, Melissa. <sighs> She said, sorry, I just want to get some ranch. That's not excusable. Ranch is disgusting. 
Ranch is disgusting. You. Uh-huh. It's filthy. Ranch, mayo, and Mountain Dew. Uh, like, all. Did you see that Holly Home before, right before a Ronda Rousey match on Raw? A Holly Home Mountain Dew commercial? No. How many Mountain Dews would you wager that Holly Holm has drank in her life? Given her body type, zero. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wager zero. Probably no mayo or ranch either. She probably used Soda Stream and they put it into a Mountain Dew bottle in order to take a sip for the commercial. It's probably what I don't happened. even think she drank it in the commercial. Oh, uh, see, in Canada, I got different commercials, so okay. I didn't actually see it. All right, this last one. This was this is for the SRS file, and it's reported by News.com.au on February 19th. So there was a 33-year-old mom out of uh, Melbourne, Australia, named Tanya, who's new. Yeah. She's outraged, Sean. Outrage! All right? Uh, she went to a local Kmart in Melbourne, and she bought her kids some animal toys. We have a nice photo of it. Put up the photo of the kids with the animal toys, Melissa. Look at these. Look at this lovely shot. They've got zoo animals. I think they were going to a, to a zoo later that day or something. Um, there was a problem. Do you have any idea what the problem was, Sean? Did the, the toys have appendages on them? You're good, man. What? So the four-year-old son had the lion, and he ran up to his mom, and he said, uh, Mom, this lion has a willy. <laughs> sure enough. Are, even you though- telling, are you telling me that they had to address the elephant dick in the room? <laughs> so here's the irony, Sean. The elephant and the hippo had no genitalia, but the lion had a penis and balls, dick and balls. Lions are boys and tigers are girls. Is that, isn't that what kids think? When the hell have you ever heard that? No. What? Wait, that's the way I turned to look at Mar- Melissa Weird. <laughs> what what yeah. are you... Stop it! Yep. The mother said that when they went to the zoo afterwards, the kids kept on turning the lion upside down to show complete strangers the lion's dick. Oh. Yeah, that's what you're wow. gonna get, man. If you're in the mood to show complete strangers your dick, make it. Make sure it's hard and use Blue Chew. That's right, BlueChew.com. If you're gonna expose yourself, at least make sure it's impressive. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Even if you're in a high-pressure situation. Like showing your dick at the zoo. <laughs> you take your night. You a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, including <laughs> showing your dick at the zoo. Blue True is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and no more awkwardness when you show your dick at the zoo. <laughs> they're made in the USA and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, you can get them cheaper than the price of a zoo ticket. You just use that code <laughs> Fightful. Pay $5 shipping. BlueChew.com. Take that if you want to show your dick at the <laughs> zoo. Hit them up at GetBlueChew on Twitter. Let them know that you heard about them from, or heard about them from us. It would be great service good job sean kudos tim hortons i've won i've won three coffees in a row so good good on tim hortons so um i saw that you had a little twitter battle this week with people because they wanted (laughs) fightful to turn into tmz this week uh well this week was okay this 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 was the battle of the week oh my headphones fell out i don't anymore i would say that i react to maybe maybe one percent of like negative stuff. My 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 my, my guidance and mentorship has really uh, helped you come along. Yeah, That's good. I, I won't deny that. I've just I'm like and, and honestly we're at the point now to where if I address everything. Yes. I mean I get like ten thousand tweets a month. Well so yeah, I mean, then then you'll turn to Corey Graves from two weeks ago. So uh, so just uh, just to touch upon this topic, we don't like to and and kudos to you for what you did by the way. So, in case anybody missed it, there were allegations brought up by Corey Graves' wife on her Instagram claiming that Corey Graves was having an affair. Uh, hell, we'll even say it. The claim was that he was having an affair with Carmella. Mm-hmm. And Co- Sean Ross Sapp, to his credit, did not report on it on Fightful.com. Hey, I got to credit Andrew and Jeremy. They're on that beating off a lot. And right. 
they they know and they have a lot of journalistic integrity and they know they're like uh well even if we do report on this we need to wait we just can't take some offhand report on a saturday night where somebody's mad about something yes Uh, jeremy lambert and andrew thompson do an awesome job with that i mean this is something that we have to actively discuss as it's going on and uh a lot of credit to them well, I thought that was good of you to hold off on that because obviously some other sites ran with the ball and, oh, Corey Graves is a, is having an affair. And then as it turned out, when I think Pro Wrestling Sheet broke the story that him and his wife had already been split for months and they're going through a divorce. And, of course, none of that came up initially, which is why Corey Graves, you know, people tried to spin it a certain way. So good on you that you, uh, you held off. And uh, I just wanted to bring that up, man. I wanted to actually put you over for a change. There were a lot of people that were, like, kind of – poking at me today because I didn't report that Charlotte and Andrade were dating because that's out now. And I was Mm. like, well, I mean, I I knew that a while back. What good does that do? What? Yeah. There are are some websites that their livelihood depends on the traffic. Your livelihood doesn't depend on the traffic. Do we want to get to a point to where we're making tons of money? Sure. But um, me not getting the extra clicks on a story like that, I'm fortunate to be in a position where you're not like, why didn't you do that? You're fired. <laughs> and uh, we don't have to do that. We're, we are in that position. Maybe one day I'll be in such a desperate position that I'll have to report on stuff like that. That ain't right now, and that's not what I like to do. Uh, when it turns into a storyline on television... Yes. Then you would do it. So, for example, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, that must have been a great moment for Zelina Vega and and Aleister Black, right, Mm -hmm. on SmackDown. I don't think there's a problem with that. Uh, And do you remember when Lana and Rusev, they split on TV, and then she announced their engagement on social media, and WWE, that kind of fucked up their plans, because there is a little bit of gray area between real life and and wrestling storyline a little bit? Yeah. That kind of stuff is fine, but like, yeah, if Charlotte and Andrade, Andrade C and Amos are, are doing nothing together on TV, you don't need to really go on and on about it. That's their business. You know I, I had mean? people saying, "Oh, well, what about Nikki Bella and John Cena?" I'm like, they got engaged in the ring. It was all public. I've sure. seen that. It was all public, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what Nikki Bella wanted. I'm not. I don't want to talk about Nikki Bella because I'm just going to vent. Uh, <laughs> all right, got to talk about the XFL, man. Got to talk about it. So anybody that's following the AAF, uh, that is the competitor to the XFL, that, that got a one-season head start, they're on, they have a deal with CBS. I think game one aired on CBS, but the other game's airing on CBS Sports Network on cable. Week two is now in the books for the AAF. Uh, some cities saw an increase in attendance from week one to week two. Like, for example, the Birmingham Iron went from a reported 17,039 fans to a reported 17,319 fans. The San Antonio Commanders, in your favorite city in the U.S., Sean, uh, they they drew over 29,000 fans in Week 2, which is pretty solid. But uh, a lot of other teams didn't fare so well. The Memphis Express, for their home opener, drew 11,980 fans for their game against the Arizona Hot Shots in Week 2. And here's where this is really kind of telling. According to The Athletic, the AAF was on the cusp of bankruptcy. Prior to week two, the Friday before the weekend games, they could not meet payroll. And it took a cash injection of $250 million from uh, Tom Dundon, who's the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes in the NHL. He invested $250 million. He became the league's new chairman. That cash injection allowed them to meet payroll. Otherwise, they were probably going to be done after two weeks, Sean. Uh, here's here's a tip. Go ahead and invest in Fightful. I guarantee you it'll turn a profit before the AAF does. XFL. What if I'm Vince McMahon? I'm looking at this and saying, ah, oh, you know what? Probably not a good idea. Let's go ahead and and just stop this. I don't pull think the it's- shoot. Pull the shoot. Let me ask you this question. So I was I was doing a lot of research uh, over the last couple of days, trying to figure out the cash value deal of the AAF television deal. And I could not find a number. I, I like looked at a bunch of different outlets. Okay, so you haven't heard either what the, what the value of the actual deal is? Because I wonder if it's a barter deal for advertising, like what Impact had, because those deals don't work. No. Uh, that's why that's why the network does it. It's because it's really no skin off their back. I want to read you this quote. This was from last April, uh, and this is when the AAF announced their deal with CBS. 
The chairman of CBS Sports, his name is Sean McManus, and he was interviewed by Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Okay, this is last April. And he was asked by Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, why are you doing this deal when come the springtime you've got college basketball and you've got golf, so you don't need the live programming? Sean McManus's response was, quote, I think the fact that they're so well-funded. Oh. Before week two, they almost went bankrupt without the cash injection from the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. This is what this man's going to run into. And how, and how much did he say that he had taken out to put into this himself? Uh, Vince? Yeah. Started with $100 million. Started with $100 million. <laughs> and, and these guys required a $250 million. $250 to meet payroll. Week. Yes. Mm. Wow. It's going to end badly, man. And and you know what? we And again, I tried to break it down for you a while back why Vince was doing it outside of the pride thing, which is his, yeah. his driving force. The pride is his driving force. And the fact that that is the one big failure on his on his record that he wants to try to remedy. Those are yeah. the driving forces. But I was telling you about the other reasons. He's using uh, corporate money, which is tax-free money because it's, it's, it's by dividends and it's in holding companies. Uh, and they also think they're going to get a rights fee deal and they think they're going to make their money back in TV. I don't know, man. If this is an omen, I mean, the AAF, sure, maybe they don't have the same kind of buzz the XFL has because of the WWE and everything. But do yeah. they not have their choice of talent before the XFL is able to get in there, meaning that they've got the best guys they can possibly get? I think, it, especially when it comes to football. Yeah, when it comes to football. If, if Vince said... I'm going to start up a basketball league. It will serve as the intermediary between high school or college and the NBA. I'd say, not so bad. Maybe that'll work. Maybe. We haven't seen it not necessarily go down the drain, especially considering all the pay-for-play conversation. And you're dealing with a fraction of the team members and staff members and right. upkeep and all that stuff. But no, he has to hammer this home. Yeah, I, I just always thought it was funny when Stephanie said, my dad says it's okay to make make a mistake, but don't make the same mistake twice. Right. I'm like, oh, all right. This is a bad idea. It's if a I'm, idea. Everybody knows it's a bad idea. And if I'm Vince McMahon, and again, he's he's too prideful and all that. If I'm Vince McMahon, Charlie Ebersol put a lot of time and research before they decided to do this thing, the AAF. They put a lot of time in. They put a lot of research in. And Charlie Ebersol's dad was the head of NBC Sports for decades, right? So they've got experience and they had all that, the analytics and everything. And they're getting their ass kicked after two weeks. Like, based on this, Vincent Mann doesn't have a prayer and it's going to be a very expensive lesson. And uh, and especially when you look at what's happening in WWE right now. And when you look at, you know, you, you see the momentum shift. Guys yeah. are wanting to leave the company. Ratings are down. A lot of guys are unhappy. AEW is getting all this buzz. You put that together with uh, with what might be coming down the pipe for uh, the XFL. Oh boy, might be a bad year for Vince McMahon in 2020, bud. Yeah, and it's funny because it was <laughs> a year ago. It was like, man, WWE ruling the world, signing everybody. Right. It's just right. Not, it's amazing how quickly that changes, and a lot of it, so much of it, Jimmy, is based on lazy creative. And how if they were just satisfying and gave these people something to do and it's true. it goes a long way. Yep. I guess one more thing for you. So uh, apparently a lot of people got riled up over Nyla Rose. Kind of. I mean, there there will be idiots that get up get upset over that and all kinds of A lot of, of guys stuff. on our YouTube were commenting about it. I didn't even it see it. And... I didn't even see it. Oh, Sonny Kiss is the one that got. I thought it was Nyla Rose. No, it was Sonny Kiss. It was Sonny uh, Kiss? Yeah, and it was the not just the most watched AEW announcement of ours from that thing. It was the most disliked, too, which means there were homophobes there hate-watching it. Uh. I can't believe this gay man's in <laughs> AEW. Dislike! <laughs> and then continued to watch. And then continued to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most okay. watched time of any of our videos, too. I thought it was Nyla Rose because she's the first intergender wrestler to sign transgender, a contract. Transgender, yes. Transgender, whatever. Sorry, that's what I meant. Transgender. Whatever. A little bit different. Little I don't bit. know where I got intergender from. I don't know. But, alright, that's all I got for you, bud. Woo! We got lots of stuff uh, this week. Mr. Warren Hayes' NXT 205 Live UK review will be tomorrow night, but I did just post the Fightful Report podcast on Select. Kristen Ashley's uh, women's wrestling podcast, The Division, hits this weekend. We have a lot of other stuff coming uh, in the works as well. The Weekender with Steven Jensen. Uh, there's talk that Jeremy Lambert and Andrew may have a podcast coming soon. 
I've got my Q&A show. Everybody who hits up my DMs and asks me like 100 questions, all you got to do is subscribe to Select. I answer unlimited questions on there. Uh, so go over there. Get them in. I, I'm leaving this open through the NXT tapings tonight because I'm sure there are going to be a lot of questions after those as well. But I also uh, want to get, I want to give props real quick to George St. Pierre. Yes. Uh, because uh, we're doing this on February 20th. Tomorrow, February 21st, he's going to be announcing his retirement at a press conference in Montreal, Quebec. Yes. And uh, GSP, a true legend in the sport, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he was an icon. He was uh, a gentleman. And I saw him live, I think, three times, one in Montreal, one in Vegas, and one in Toronto. And he was an absolute legend in Canada. Yeah. And uh, props to him. Too bad they couldn't get the fight with Khabib. That would have been good. I know. Well, Khabib still wants it. Uh, we will definitely, saw, we'll definitely be talking at length with Showdown Joe about that on next Tuesday's MMA podcast. That's Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And with James Lynch, he'll be in uh, in town for the UFC show. So there will be a lot of time for me and Joe to reflect on the MMA side – there's a lot going on right now. GSP retiring, uh, the news of Habib, or not Habib, Tony Ferguson maybe fighting Max Holloway for an interim title. Really? Oh, yeah. And then there's another interim title fight set for uh, 236, Gastelum and Adesanya. So much news on the MMA side, all of which broke after our show this week. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, we're out. <laughs> Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.